0: We have been traveling... I mean, one of the things that I love about who we are as a community... ...is that most of the time when we come to teaching... ...where we're we're doing exactly what we just heard about on the community Bible experience. We're reading the Bible. We're reading the story. We've committed ourselves to the reading of a book of primarily the New Testament. Not always. Sometimes we're in the Old Testament. We just travel through that. Acts has been where we've been uh, for longer than what I would like to confess to you. But it's just like, wow... I, uh, everything you would ever want to know about the church is found in Acts. And why in the world we don't spend more time there, I don't have any idea. Because uh, it just really is a helpful place. And it just seems to connect with where we are in life. And right now, um, as I think you probably picked up in worship, you know, one of, one of, my, one of the things that just troubles me so much is I'm, just, I'm hearing too much uh, fear just coming out of the mouths of people that say they trust Jesus and then I begin to hear like, like horrible th- that with that fear comes other statements like blow them up or you know it's just like what in the world somehow we've wandered away from like the founder of our faith Jesus when did Jesus ever say blow them up I mean when I mean come on and so, I mean, do I, am I challenged to love people? Yeah, sure, just like you. But we can't just like drop, we just can't forget what Jesus has taught us. We've got to encourage each other. And so what, I, what I'm seeing as we kind of come to, we're, we're moving to finish up Acts this summer. We're, we've come into this season of, in Acts where Paul is just, he's on trial again and again and again and again. And it made sense to me because I think, again, I think in in some of our minds, it it feels like we're on trial. And so maybe what the Holy Spirit is trying to say is, you know, it's not the first time that people following Jesus have been on trial. And maybe it's the first time you've been on trial, so maybe you could get some encouragement from the history of of our faith, someone like Paul that's been on trial. And that maybe you could learn from the past to put it to work in the present. Makes sense? That's kind of what I just think. I think that's what... It's because it's one trial after the other trial. But I think there's something to learn in each one of those. One of those is that there, there is this promise of protection. But that promise of protection is not Unconditional. It is conditioned by if you are doing the work that you're called to do. If you're providing the witness, then God's going to provide the promise. (laughs) If you're not providing the witness, you're on your own in some ways. I mean, grace, I love grace prevails, mercy I mean, I get that. But the promise of protection as you're going through trial after trial really hinges on the foundation of are we really doing the job of testimony, announcing Jesus, his kingdom, his life, and his resurrection. That's our job. So Paul is doing that. We see him doing that again and again and again and again. Last week we were with him. The the Romans, they don't know what to do with him. They know that people in Jerusalem are really upset with him. But they're trying to figure out, well, has he done something wrong or not done something wrong? And so the Roman official in Jerusalem, and if you just kind of picture, this is like the Temple Mound. The Antonian Fortress was higher than the Temple Mound. So the Roman, the Roman official, he could look down on the Temple all he wanted to. I mean, I mean, that was positioned there, just the message. We're, you, know, you can go on with your religious stuff, but we're in charge. So that Roman official is trying to figure out, oh, what is this guy? Why, are they so, why do they want to kill him? And so he brings him to the Sanhedrin. And when he gets to the Sanhedrin, Paul, he, he figures out really quick, uh, there's not going to be any kind of fair trial here at all. And so in the midst of this trial... Looking around the courtroom, he sees, oh, there's Sadducees here, there's Pharisees here. I can win the day by this. He shouts, resurrection, that's what this trial is all about. That is the great hope for which we Pharisees have always stood up. The issue before us is the resurrection of the dead. Now, as soon as he yelled that, you had this explosion in the Sanhedrin. And the Pharisees, of which Paul was a Pharisee, they, they immediately there, we find nothing wrong with this man. Because he's saying the right stuff. He's saying there is a resurrection. He's saying there is supernatural. The Sadducees, they have lost their day in court. They don't believe in the supernatural. They don't believe in the resurrection. So Paul just split the court right down the middle. It was so bad that, uh, again, the Roman command, we've got to get him out of here. They're about to rip him limb to limb. Now, after the Sadducees lose in court, there's a seditious gathering. And some Sadducees, it's really important that you read the word some. Everybody say the word some. 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 Not all. Some. Exactly 40, because Luke tells us that. 40 Sadducees decided, we've just lost in court. We're going to take matters into our own hands. So they plotted to kill Paul. They bound themselves to a conspiracy, to a plot. And they made a dreadful oath that if they failed to kill Paul, they themselves should be killed. The Hebrew word, kareem. Interesting word. Acts 23, 11 to 24. As this seditious gathering is taking place in the dark of the night in back rooms, that night, that same night... Jesus appeared to Paul. It's going to be all right. I mean, I know that Jesus in that, I know it's going to be all right. I know he's saying, you know, I know that today was like scary. I know that it really, it, that, like that, they were out of control in that Sanhedrin. I mean, I know there's some people in that court that they would really like to kill you. I, I get it, but it's going to be all right. Everything's going to turn out for the best. You've been a good witness for me in Jerusalem. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. That's where that this is where that is. Now we're at the other end of the book. You've been a good witness for me. You've testified. I am the king. I am the Messiah. My kingdom is arriving. And I'm alive. The resurrection has happened. You've been a good witness. Now you're going to be a witness for me in Rome. The next day the Jews worked up a plot against Paul. They took a solemn oath that they would neither eat nor drink until they had killed him. Over 40 of them ritually bound themselves to this murder pact and presented themselves to the high priests and the religious leaders." We bound ourselves by a solemn oath to eat nothing until we have killed Paul. But we need your help. Send a request from the council to the captain of the Roman guard to bring Paul back so that we can investigate the charges in more detail. We'll do the rest. Before he gets anywhere near you, we'll kill him. And you... Religious leaders, chief priests, you won't be involved. You'll keep your hands clean. Paul's nephew, his sister's son, overheard them plotting the ambush. He went immediately to the barracks and and told Paul. Paul called over one of the centurions and said, Take this young man to the captain. He has something important to tell him. The centurion brought him to the captain and said, The prisoner Paul asked me to bring this young man to you. He said he has something urgent to tell you. The captain took him by the arm, led him outside privately. What is it? What do you have to tell me? And Paul's nephew said, The Jews have worked up a plot against Paul. They're they're, they're going to ask you to bring Paul to the council, the Sanhedrin, first thing in the morning on the pretext that they want to investigate the charges against him in more detail. But it's a trick to get him out of your safekeeping so they can murder him. Right now, there are more than 40 men lying in ambush for him. They've all taken a vow to to neither eat nor drink until they've killed him. The ambush is set. All they're waiting for is for you to send him over. Now, I have to, I have to believe that, that that Roman official, somewhere in his brain, said, we ought to do it, because this guy's just been troubled. <laughs> but he, he was an ethical man. The captain dismissed the nephew with a warning, don't breathe a word of this to a soul, because if you do, they're going to kill you. The captain called up two centurions. Get 200 soldiers ready to go immediately to Caesarea. 70 cavalry, 200 light infantry. I want them ready to march at 9 o'clock tonight. You need a couple of mules for Paul and his gear. And notice, we, we are going to present this man safe and sound to Governor Felix. This is not going to happen. In these, I mean, that's a trying time. Doesn't that feel like a? That's a heavy thing. And and for Paul to make it through that heavy thing, he needed to hear the promise from Jesus. It's it's going to be all right. Everything is going to turn out for the best. Because I need you to continue to testify to the world, my friends there's some evil people in the world that have bound themselves to destroy others guess what it's not the first time guess what the same God that gave promises to Paul is the same God today hello who are we listening to are we listening to the threat are we listening to the promise and then what are we saying to each other Are we talking about the threat without the promise? Are we talking about the promise? Yeah, okay. There's some bad stuff going on in the world. And yet there is a God who has intervened in our world again and again and again and again. Why would He not do that when we put our trust in Him, when we say to Him, Hey, we want want to keep being your witnesses on, on this planet. There's a lot of people that haven't heard about you. Don't know you. Don't know about the resurrection. Don't know about you, the King, the Messiah, the Savior, the kingdom arriving and coming. Hey, Jesus, we're not going to worry about those threats. We're going to hold on to your promises. We're going to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. We're going to get, I like to, like our last breath, we're going to be those witnesses. My, my friends, this thing is, it's not, I mean, they're not. Nah all of us that follow Jesus are that we're the witness it's not like you know the professionals that we pay they're the we'll we just turn them over to witness and we'll just be cozy it's all of us who we are individually as people following Jesus as a community that's following Jesus we're that witness are we listening to the promise it's going to be all right. So that promise was given when there was a conspiracy being hatched. I mean, Jesus knew exactly what he was doing. The timing of it, as Jesus is saying to Paul, it's going to be all right. He knew that in a back room somewhere that these guys gathered together. And this is like as literal as I can be with the words that are there. If these 40 did not bend every effort to fulfill their voluntarily accepted obligation to kill Paul, this is their vow to one another and to God. We accursed ourselves. We wish for ourselves the curse of God if we don't kill him. We declare our lives forfeit if Paul doesn't die. Now, within the, like the like current events, what does that sound like? Hello, anybody want to be brave enough to? Voices. Ah hello. Sounds a little like that, doesn't it? Jihad Harim. I mean, I'm I'm here to tell you there's not a lot of difference. These are Jews? I mean, what? Karim in the Old Testament is about devotion to God. Setting things apart for God. And it's now being twisted in Curse me if I don't kill him. Salvation. The same time there's this conspiracy, this promise. Now there's salvation. Notice, how how does God save Paul? It's a bad situation. Well, one is he's got a nephew. I mean, I wish I knew more about Paul's sister. I don't know about Paul's sister. But I know that Paul's sister had a son and that son was really brave and he risked his own death to make sure that Paul was saved. And then, there's this Roman commander. We are going to present this man safe and sound to the governor in Caesarea, the Roman port. And we're going to risk our own life. We're getting him out of here. My friends, as we walk... Through the valley. And we're in a season. We're in a valley. May I suggest several things? One, we've got to do this together. We must resist the temptation to take the worst practice of a particular religion and assume everyone in that religion is guilty by association. Let me read that again. We must resist the temptation to take the worst practice of a particular religion and assume everyone in that religion is guilty by association. So that's why I had you say some. See, we could have castigated all Sad- oh Sadducees. They take oaths to kill everybody on the planet. We just get just like we overgeneralize. And it wasn't every Sadducee. It was some. Forty to be exact. Forty got off track. And I would say that was a really low point in Sadducee practice of their faith. Now, if I take 40 who did something despicable, wrong, evil, and then I just say, well, all Sadducees are guilty by association." Is that right? Is it true? No. There there is no faith on the planet that doesn't at some point in its history have some followers that do horrible things. These happen to be Jews who did they that was bad. those that have followed Jesus or thought they were following Jesus have done some bad things and continue to do bad things today Muslims some do horrible things there's no religion on the planet that doesn't have some people that do things that are really wrong but we that no Jesus followed it, we have got to resist the temptation to overgeneralize and to find every person of that particular faith wrong and guilty of that despicable deed. Second, when we lose our day in court, we must resist taking matters into our own hands. My friends, I think this is a really, 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 really important thing to remind ourselves. Some of us won't feel like we've lost. You know, we didn't lose the thing, but others of us will. And the temptation is always, if you lose your day in court, take matters into your own hands, and you can justify it in the name of Jesus. We've got to remind ourselves, and no, that's not the way it works. We must not murder. Jesus said, you've heard that our ancestors were told you must not murder. If you commit murder, you are subject to judgment. But I say, I have just raised the standard for you. If you are even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment if you call someone an idiot, you're in danger of being brought before the court. And if you curse someone, you're in danger of the fires of hell. Now, I don't know if this has come home to, with you, but I was in a Bible study not all that long ago. And we were sharing prayer requests. And one man raised his hand and said, we need to pray for our nation. And I said, hallelujah, Let's pray. we need to pray for our nation. The next thing that came out of his, his mouth was, we need to pray for our, our nation because our president is an idiot. What do we just read? Again, who's going to hold us to these standards? Who's going to be brave enough to so say we can't do that? Can we disagree? Sure. Should we disagree? on? Sure. But respectfully, we don't get to call people in authority over us idiots. Now, if that wasn't worse, another guy, let's see, how many kids are in here? Uh, Because I said, whoa, 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 whoa. If I want to be at this table, we can't do it. No, 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 no. We can disagree with the person in the office, but we need to respect the office. We need to, Yeah, we need to pray for a president, but no, 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 no. we're not going to call the president an idiot. Another guy, who I would think was older wiser, said, okay, he's not an idiot. He's a dumbass. My friends, at that moment, what are we, what are we, looking, in the, what are we looking in that book for? Why are we having a Bible study? I mean, why, why have I invested my life trying to follow Jesus with a group of guys? And that's the end result of it. That we, when we have a president that we don't like, if that's it, that we start doing what Jesus said, don't do that. And this has gone on. When we like the president, oh man, we, we wave that flag. We don't like the president. We curse that president. It's wrong. It's wrong. It's not the ethic of Jesus. We are to pray for those that are in authority over us. And some of them we've got to pray more for. That's okay. And we gotta start looking at We've got to start looking at each other tonight so we know we're not calling the president an idiot or worse. We're gonna pray for him. because that's what Jesus said and if we can't follow Jesus there I mean like there is no hope for the world if we can't follow Jesus finally promise accompanies witness (laughs) (laughs) our job is not to get in the right political party and, and pass the right laws that's not our job We ought to care about what's going on, but that's not our primary purpose on the planet. Our primary purpose on the planet is to be a witness for Jesus. Jesus is the one who showed up and said, I'm the Messiah, I'm promising something better for all of humanity. I want you to represent something better. I want you actually be born again into the next age that's already arrived. And I want you to demonstrate to the world there is something better. And I want you to tell everybody you can. I want you to invite everybody into relationship with me. And I'll begin to change people's lives. And I'll actually start changing the planet, but it's because people are committed to me. They're following me. They recognize me for who I am. And they recognize that resurrection has happened. I'm the living Lord. And I want to be involved in all of life. And I want to make a positive difference in all of life. The promise to protect us. It's it's not when we're doing stuff that's stupid. It's when we're witnessing (laughs) to the Messiah our King, His Kingdom, His resurrection, and the impact that it's had on our lives and what's going to do to all of creation. That's our witness. Now those are all really good topics of conversation. And I would invite you, if if you want to talk more about any of those suggestions, the passage I just want you to know that I'm definitely available others are available, these are things we ought to be talking about so please, that's an invitation but could we stand together and pray together a bit Search us, O God. Know our heart. Let there be no evil way within us, Holy Spirit. Would you come and cleanse our hearts now? Would you wash away the fear that we feel caught up in? Would you expose the hate that becomes resident within us when we're fearful? Holy Spirit, would you come my, my words mean nothing. What, 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 what means everything is your word. Would you please convict us of where we have fallen short of your, your, your practice and, and the words that you've left with us? Convict us, Holy Spirit, that we would confess our sin to you. That we'd get back on the right track and be the witness, the testimony that we are meant to be to our generation. Cleanse our hearts. And Lord, if there is a place that is clean, fill us. Fill us, Holy Spirit, that we would be empowered to testify to our king, his kingdom, his life. Fill us, Holy Spirit. Send us now, empowered by you, to do your work in our generation, in your name. Amen. Thank you for our morning together. And again, if you want to have any conversation, I. You know, I'll be hanging out, others, you know, talk together.